The following is a guest devotional from the Rev. Russ Kapuscinski at Westminster Seminary, California. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this audio are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect and are not endorsed by the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this audio or about Westminster Seminary, California, please visit us online at www.wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. That's online at www.wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. Well, it's great to be here this morning. Uh, Dr. Johnson said that I did have a short stint here at Westminster. I was... uh, a youth pastor at a Presbyterian church in Poway, Penasquitas area in the early 90s. And I remember the first class that I took here was a class by Dr. John Gerstner on the theology of Jonathan Edwards. And I was a relatively young Christian at the time. And I remember sitting in that class and realizing that I was way over my head. And that pretty much what I did for the first couple days of the class is all I did is I realized uh, not long into it that I'm really not going to track with what this brother is saying. But I'm going to write down phonetically every theological term that he's using that I don't understand. And this will be a great starting point for my theological education. He seems like a wise man. He's speaking words I have no idea what they mean. This is going to be a great vocabulary list. And that was the beginning of my theological education here. And it's one of the reasons I left Westminster to go to... No, it's, it's not... Um, <laughs> It's not one of the reasons I left Westminster. The Lord actually called me to Orlando and had three years here where I really got to enjoy the community and uh, what God is doing here at the time. They didn't have a beautiful chapel like this. We met in tents and we cooked hot dogs over uh, open fires and things like that. I want to read to you from John chapter 21. Familiar passage entitled uh, this devotional, Who Loves the Church? And this is the passage where Jesus is restoring Peter after his great failure, denying Christ and that which is most important in all of life. Beginning at verse 15, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying all this, he said to him, follow me. This is the word of God. Let's pray together. Father, uh, over the next few minutes, I pray that you would use... Uh, the words uh, that you have given me to share this morning to to encourage and invigorate uh, those who are in our midst. And we know that that can only happen through the ministry of your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, take your words and take your word and, and 
and cause it uh, to uh, inform our minds and inflame our hearts and to love your church uh, in a manner worthy of the kind of devotion that you're worthy of, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, when uh, during my seminary days, when uh, actually when I went to Orlando, I decided no matter, I had chipped away a little bit at Fuller, and I chipped away a little bit here at Westminster, but I was mostly taking electives, I, um, because there were a lot of electives I wanted to take just from different professors and things that I really felt like I needed to learn. But when I went to uh, Reformed Theological Seminary in Orlando, I wanted to go through the whole uh, three years. I wanted, you know... When you get the opportunity to torture yourself like that, you, you, you take the advantage of it. And people would come, they're, they're, this whole chapel thing for me, I, I, when people would come to speak, one of the things I really appreciated was when they'd come and just practitioners would come in and, and share some things that really are like things that you can really take and, and when you're in the ministry. And I know that that's probably the emphasis of a lot of what you get in here. And I thought as I was coming here this morning, I wanted to share with you three things from this passage that I think uh, are things that, uh, as you study, uh, that should be in the forefront of your mind as you think about future ministry. And there's three challenges I want to highlight from this passage. The challenge of communication, the challenge of call, and the challenge of competency. And let's start with the challenge of communication. You know, the call of Christ, if you're going to love his church, he says, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, feed them. And if you have a a theological seminary mindset, we all know what it means to feed the sheep of God's people, right? It's to do that small group study on infralapsarianism, right? That's it. See, we have a grid for that already. When we're we're in seminary and when we're we're studying these wonderful doctrines, things that you, you really need to know and be equipped, I commend you for the investment that you're making here. One of the greatest needs of the church in North America is for equipped ministers who know the word and can correctly divide the word of truth. This is a good investment of your time. But your challenge of communication when you leave here is that the people that you will be serving, and I know you know this, but it's a reminder, do not speak the lingua franca of Westminster Theological Seminary. They speak a completely different language. And so one of the challenges is you're here. If you can take these wonderful doctrines that you're learning and begin to process them. My wife and I just had our third child. And uh, little Kate was born on March 31st. And she's this wonderful little girl. She's got two crazy older brothers who just love her. But Kate needs nourishment. She's a baby. And there's times I can, can parade Kate in front of the refrigerator, and there's a ton of great food in there. Sometimes we even have steak, and sometimes we have eggs, and sometimes we have all sorts of stuff. But you know what? I can offer that to my daughter, but it's going to do her no good until that food gets processed through her mother, and she can drink the, the, the milk And see, that's your job. Your job is not only to exegete the text, but to exegete the people that you will serve and to process truth in such a way that the milk of God's word gets to them in a way that they can understand it. And folks, I would say that start that exercise now. 
Sometimes as you're studying, get out another piece of paper or draw a line down the middle of it and say, how would I teach this to a five-year-old? How would I do that? There's a gentleman who worked with uh, our missions agency of our denomination, Mission to the World. And uh, he made this really distressing comment to me as I was getting ready to go to seminary. He said, you know, Russ, it took me five years to become effective in ministry again after seminary. I said, thanks a lot, Dan. I really appreciate that. I'm not sure what to do with that. And he was being hyperbolic, but what he was communicating is, is you need to make sure as you go through this process that you are processing what God is teaching you through these professors and in his word and so that when you take it out to the people, it's in a format that they can grasp and can, can and it nourish them, the milk of God's word. So that's the challenge of communication. The next challenge is the challenge of call. You know, I don't know about you. Uh, you're probably a lot... Uh, more godly than I am. But, you know, there was this, uh, I guess I had these expectations of ministry when I actually stepped into it uh, that uh, it was really going to be this, I don't know, wonderful, yeah, it was going to be hard, but it was going to be this thing where people were going to be looking up to me, and I don't think I ever articulated this, but that I was going to be the teacher. and, And so I had all these kind of, this idolatry woven in and these expectations and I think these unbiblical expectations of what life in the ministry was going to be like and I remember my New Testament professor at RTS said this once and it struck me like a lightning bolt he said I want to remind you all of something he says when you get out in the church and people begin to treat you like servants remember that's what you are See, the challenge of call is no matter where you end up. Jesus says, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. And y'all could probably tell me a whole lot more about sheep than I know about sheep in terms of breaking it down from a biblical historical perspective and how Jesus intentionally uses that metaphor because sheep are not always easy to lead and easy to tend. They don't always go the direction you want them to go in. And it takes a deep sense of call that Jesus has called me here not only to teach, but to love and to serve and to sacrifice. So when you get into the church, and many of you are serving in churches now, and people begin to treat you like a busboy, remember that's what you are. You're a servant. And that's a challenge of call. I remember Moise Zapata, who was a colleague of Dan Young, who gave me that real discouraging quote. Moise told me he, was, he grew up in the Yucatan Peninsula and called to the ministry later in life. He was an engineer, and he told me about his call to the U.S.-Mexico border to be the director of what Mission to the World was doing on the U.S.-Mexico border. And I was, uh, I would spent a lot of time with Moises in the early 90s, and over the years I would take mission teams to be with him. And I remember him telling me once, he said, you know, Russ, I, I, I won't even try to imitate his English. He said, you know, Russ, I've never liked the U.S.-Mexico border. 
God has called me here, and over time, he has given me a growing love for it. But where I grew up in the Yucatan Peninsula, he loved it there. And, uh, you know, San Diego is a great place to serve. But when I talk to people back uh, in Florida and where I grew up outside Cleveland, Ohio, people ask me, you know, man, it must be great living in San Diego. I think my family has been to the beach less than a half a dozen times in the five years we've lived here. Now, granted, that might point to a different area of struggle in my own life. But folks, wherever you're called, it's probably not going to be what you expect it to be. And isn't that exactly what Jesus tells Peter in this passage? When you get older, and of course he's talking about Peter's crucifixion and how he's going to die, but I think there's a principle here for us that whatever your expectations are, you're going to go to a place and you're going to be a covenant servant there for, for King Jesus. And there's going to be some difficulties attached to it because that's what you're called to do, to go there and sacrifice in his name. And the last thing I'll share with you is this this morning, is the challenge of competency. Uh, I'm leaving this place after we're done here, and I'm actually going to meet with somebody who's been out of seminary for just a couple years, and he's taken some pretty difficult hits. And he, by his own admission, we've had a number of conversations He said, I left seminary, and he says, I was ready to conquer the world. And he describes his experience stepping into the church something like this. (laughs) And see, he thought he was really prepared. But there's so much more. The, the, The theological education, this is so important. But it's so much more, and the challenge of competency, I think, even that flows from this text, is not so much that we know all the right information, and we're constantly going to be students, theological students, and we're constantly going to be growing in that and should press to continue to grow in it, but that we grow in the one thing that ultimately is non-negotiable in gospel ministry. I find it very interesting that in this passage... When, and this is what most people talk about in this passage, is Jesus is restoring Peter. And he certainly is doing that. But what is going to equip and make Peter competent for ministry is this, is knowing how much of a failure and how weak and broken he is and how much he desperately needs the redemptive work of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He comes to him and he presses his, do you love me? Why? Because this is the most embarrassing point in Peter's life. Peter would see this as his greatest failure probably, his denying of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet Jesus puts his finger on his greatest failure and keeps highlighting it and highlighting it and highlighting it. And pray that in your ministry, and I pray this in mind, God, continue to show me how Deeply I need you and how utterly dependent I am on you and your grace every day because it's the only thing that's going to make me competent for ministry. I am prone to become prideful. I am prone to become all these things that are going to actually suffocate the ministry and drown out spiritual vitality not only in me but then in anybody who would be within my wake. And so what 
Jesus is calling us here to this, is the challenge of competency is that we keep our eyes fixed on that work which he did for us on the cross, and we continue to stay in touch with our need, our brokenness. And what does that ultimately mean? Not only our justification, but our adoption. That we have been loved by the one who loves those who are rebels and deniers. And he continues to love and press into us. A friend of mine, Joe Novitson, described the Christian life like this. He said, when you come to Christ, when Christ comes and finds you, you respond to Jesus. You've always got to qualify your statements in theological settings like this. And he lays hold of you and you lay hold of him. He said the Christian life is much like this. It's Jesus never lets go of you. But over the course of your life, it's like this. And he says a lot of times, early on, sometimes the process of sanctification is you stay away longer, but it's a process of getting shorter where you become dependent upon him. But see, folks, we only come back, we're only honest with ourselves and our own hearts when we know that we have been loved, when we understand our justification, that we are, there's no condemnation for those who in Christ were forgiven of past, present, and future sin. We're safe in the beloved. And that, my friends, is our core competency for gospel ministry, knowing that we are loved in him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. For this morning, I thank you for these dear brothers and sisters. I thank you for this institution. I pray that your blessing would continue to abide on it and that you would continue to raise up those who go in to your world, the world that you are conquering through the gospel, through the institution, the one institution, your church, Lord, and we would pray that as these folks continue uh, to move towards the calling that you'll place upon their lives and the churches they'll end up in, that, and, and where you'll have them serve in parachurch ministries and other places, uh, that you would continue most of all to work in their hearts a deep abiding sense of how much you love them and that they're safe in you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Copyright 2008, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way, and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this broadcast on our website is preferred.